Good evening, Central Park Baptist Church. Good evening to you all. Good evening. Good evening. How are we doing this evening? We doing okay? Good. Very good. Very good. Very good. What we like to do at this time, if you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing hymn 561. Hymn 561. We'll do all four verses. Hymn 561. We'll have an opening word of prayer. And if you sing really well, we'll let you sit afterwards. Okay? Hymn 561, hymn 561, I love to tell the story, hymn 561. Father, we're just so uh, thankful, Father, for getting us to uh, this place safely, Lord. I saw a four-car pile up just while driving into town. And so, Father, I'm just thankful, Lord, that you just watched over the members of this local body, Lord, and have your beloved people come together, Lord, to sing praises to your name, Lord, but also for us to uh, hear from you uh, this evening, Lord. So, Father, we just pray, Lord, that you'll be with the 
teaching and preaching of your word, and that the saints will be edified, but more importantly, you will be glorified in all things that we do. It is in the name of Jesus we ask this prayer. Amen and amen. You may be seated since she sang so beautifully. We'll allow you to sit on this one as we turn to hymn 587. Hymn 587. We can tell the old, old story because it all happened at Calvary. Amen. At Calvary, hymn 587. Hymn 587. At Calvary. Now, I know everyone knows this song, so I want you to sing out loud. Amen. Here we go. I hear sitting up here looking out there and y'all are singing if I could take a picture and I don't want it I'm not trying to, I wouldn't want to embarrass anybody but if y'all would look like Ms. Huffman Amen. Amen. I mean she got a smile on her face yep. her eyes are brighter as the sun yep. and I'm just she is enjoying what she's singing and, and that's the way we all ought to sing amen not years like the years are burnt. No, that, that, anyway, you, you catch what you catch what I'm throwing. Say amen. 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 If you have your uh, bulletins, if you'll grab those real quick, we'll uh, go over those real, real fast and, and curious. You know, soul winning this coming Saturday, 9:30. Please be here ready to go for that. Uh, also, I want to encourage you to please begin praying for our mission conference coming up. Uh, we've got uh, missionaries coming. We've got church planters coming. Uh, so please, you pray and ask God for his blessing upon our mission conference. There's booklets out here that give you the itinerary for that week. Uh, and so I, it, it will be here before you know it. And so please pray. If you have not started, pray and ask God to please help us have a uh, just a wonderful mission conference. I, I think you'll be, uh, you'll be blessed by being here every night, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, starts at 7. We're going to have uh, dinner for everybody that comes. That'll start at 530. Uh, so please just look in that uh, little pamphlet out there. Pick one of those up. If you don't get one tonight, there'll be some more out there Sunday. 
Uh, so please uh, don't forget about that. Also, an, uh, one quick thing about our sight and sound, going to Branson to see the, uh, the uh, play about Esther. Uh, right now, I want to encourage you, if you'd like to go, come and go. The, the cost is $59 for an adult ticket and $29 for children three ages 3 to 12, all right? Uh, the rooms are $135 per room. Now, if you want to go and somebody wants to go with you and split that, then, you know, it's only $60-something, dollars $62.50 a piece or so. So please, you uh, uh, just uh, sign up. But we need to get you to sign up uh, as quickly as possible so that we can order those tickets uh, at the theater. Uh, so, and, and if you've never been, they do a great job. Uh, you will enjoy it. Uh, it's just very well done. They give an invitation right at the end of the play. And uh, this year it's on, it's about Queen Esther. So uh, if you'd like to go, church will take care of the, uh, the fuel for the bus. We're going to get in it. Air conditioner works. And uh, so we're just going to go have a good time. So please, if you'd like to go, I need you to sign up so that we can uh, get those tickets as quickly as possible. All right. You have any questions? Uh, you can ask me about that uh, after our, our Bible study this evening. But please, uh, let me encourage you, uh, sign up as soon as possible, all right? Uh, also, I want to remind, pray for our day Sunday. Lord, help us uh, that everybody be back, be in their place. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And uh, get back. We had, a, we had a good day Sunday. Uh, wasn't everybody here, but we had a good day. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you, please be here. Written to go for that, all right? Prayer sheets. Anybody need one? Uh, all right. Here, just hold, keep your hand up. Go ahead. Uh, Brother John's going to hand those out to you uh, quickly. Let me encourage you. Uh, continue to pray for Brother Dennis and Miss Susie. Uh, keep them in your prayer. We visited with uh, Miss Brenda uh, this uh, morning. Uh, she's doing well. She's uh, supposed to have been transferred to the... Uh, a physical therapy place this afternoon, uh, but when Sherry and I talked to her this morning, she was just doing great. I mean, she was moving her knee around, all kinds of stuff, been up walking, doing great, so, uh, but keep her in your prayers. Also, Miss Kathy Martin, she thinks she may be able to go home sometime in the next uh, five or six days, so she's doing good, so keep her uh, in your prayers as well. Uh, along with Miss Erica, I want to encourage you to continue to pray for her as she uh, re regains her strength. And uh, Brother Gary and Miss Mary Lund and a lot of folks on here uh, that uh, we asked uh, a special prayer for. And I know that they would appreciate that very much. Also, I ask again a prayer for my family. Uh, my mom passed away Monday. Uh, so, you know, uh, it, which was just, uh, you know, that's mom. She was ready to go home. You know, my mom and dad, my dad knew my mom a week before he, and then he uh, asked her to marry her, and they got married a week. My dad passed away Monday, a week ago, and then one week to the day, my mom went home with him, you know. So I just thought, I just think that was neat. Um, my, uh, my mom, bless her heart, I, I didn't want her to be here if she didn't want to be. And she didn't want to be. She figured dad went home, so there was no, you know, she was ready to go home with him. And I'm thankful for that. My mom, she couldn't see. She got to where that uh, she was just almost uh, blind. And I was thinking about this the other day, and I thought, you know, mom, she was in late. She was there at the rehab facility and, and uh, couldn't see us unless you just got, I, I mean, right up to her face. And, uh, but she went home, not been, uh, or was asleep, not been able to see a thing in this world, literally. And woke up, and the first thing she saw was the Lord Jesus, amen, amen. ushered into the portals of heaven uh, to walk on streets of gold. And now, I don't know how it's going to be like, but I like to think, uh, you know, I like to think that what I'm thinking, she got to see my dad. After almost 70 years of marriage, she got to see her mother and, and uh, my granddad. She got to see uh, some family members. And, I, I mean, she just had a great time in the streets of gold. So she's in, she, in, what I said, she's in high cotton today. 
And I'm thankful for that. I'll, I'll miss her, you know, and we've had our, with my brothers and sisters, we've had our time with my mom, uh, just, you know, together, crying and weeping, but uh, she's home, and she's doing good. I would not bring her back if I could. Amen. Why bring her back here? Right. Amen. And if I tried to bring her back, my daddy would probably give me a whooping. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and, and so I'm thankful that I... That God blessed us these 65 plus years with a good godly mom and a good godly dad. And I'm thankful for that. And I just want to say thank you for your prayers. Uh, We are just going to have a a graveside service for my mom uh, Friday morning at 10 o'clock. And uh, there's not going to be a viewing or anything like that. We're going to have one for just for our family uh, there at the funeral home. But... uh, uh, if, if you want to come, that's up to you. I mean, I appreciate everybody that came to, with, for my dad. and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by folks that come, and you know, from this church, I, and I appreciate it. I don't, I don't have the words to tell you that how much I appreciate you coming, but you don't have to come if you don't want to. Uh, I don't know I don't know how to convey that, you know. So, Brother Marco, he's back there laughing at me because he's, uh, you know, he understands. I just, so anyway. It's up to you, okay? Is that good? Amen. All right. Uh, if you come, praise the Lord. Thank you very much. If you don't, then praise the Lord. Thank you very much. Just pray for us. Amen. Okay. Amen. All right. Okay. Good. All right. So now, got all that out of the way. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm. I'm not. I'm not sad for Amen. my folks. I'm not going to be sad for my parents who are in heaven right now. And uh, I'm going to be a little sad that I miss them, but not because they're gone. Not because they're in a great place, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. So, uh, But continue to pray for my folks. There's still a lot of things we got to do, and my two sisters are awesome. They've done well, and I give them all the credit uh, for everything because they really stepped up for my mom and dad, and, and I appreciate them. So anyway, well, now, let's have a good offering. Amen? Amen. Amen. Brother Marco and I sit down today and went over the budget. <laughs> It really wasn't a budget. Last month, and I, I told him I was going to tell him, last month from the, I guess his last six weeks, we have spent $12,000 on repairs. Okay, we've repaired the AC, we've repaired the AC in the RV, the AC in the church van, the AC in, the, in our bus, uh, to the tune of $12,600. Is that in, and so... Uh, we need a good offering. In fact, we need a good offering from now till December. <laughs> so let me encourage you. Uh, please give. And, you know, God's been good to us. And we were able to take care of those things. And I thank God for it. Uh, but if you put in a little extra, I'm not going to tell you not to. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and so may the Lord bless you uh, tonight as you give. Dear Father, we're thankful, Lord, for our people. And they have been good about their giving and I'm thankful for that. Uh, God, if it if that were not so, we wouldn't have been able to do the things that we did this last uh, couple of months with the things that needed repairs. And I'm thankful, God, that you, uh, Lord, uh, saw fit to uh, make those funds available. Thank you, Lord. Uh, God, I'm thankful, God, for this place that you've given us to worship in as a body of Christ. And, Lord, for our people who come and, Lord, they sit under the teaching and and preaching of of the leadership here in this church, and I'm thankful for that today. Thank you, God, for loving us. Lord, I'm thankful that your grace is sufficient. I'm thankful, uh, God, even in times like this last week, Lord, that uh, you draw close to us and you comfort us, Lord, and uh, God, you just love on us, and I'm thankful for that. Thank you, Lord, for a godly mom and a godly dad. I believe, Lord, with all my heart that uh, had it not been for Uh, My mom and my dad, Lord, who prayed for me faithfully, Lord, and not just prayed, but they lived what they prayed. Uh, God, they lived it in front of us, and Lord, they proved it by their faithfulness to you, Lord, and God, for that I'm thankful. I'm thankful to know today that they're in heaven, Lord, today, walking on the streets of glory in a glorified body. I'm thankful that my mom can see, Lord, and she woke up and saw the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a dad, Lord, who who can hear the saints of God as they shout and praise the, the name of the Lord Jesus. And 
God, I'm thankful for that. But I'm thankful again that, Lord, as we're here on this side of heaven, uh, God, that you've given us the opportunity to come and worship you, Lord, today. Please be with those that we've mentioned, Lord. Uh, God, I pray that you would be with the health needs of our folks, Lord. There's many. Uh, God, I pray that you'd speak to their hearts, Lord, for those that have spiritual needs. And God, may we just do business with you, Lord. And may we be encouraged through the presence of the Spirit of God. Bless this offering. Bless the gift and the giver. And Lord, we give you praise and glory for it all because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. Everybody stand. Turn to him number 467. Brother Brother Shelton, I was supposed to be gone this weekend. I'm thankful that we didn't go anywhere. Uh, but and I Brother Shelton's gonna he's bring the message tonight. And the song is uh, you know, I thought, man, you know, that's I like this song. It goes right along with what's been going on. I feel like traveling on, amen. So since he's going to preach in a minute, I thought I'd go ahead and lead the last song. Amen. So if you don't sing good, we're just going to sing that first verse over and over until you get her done. Amen. Here we go. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. No pain, no death can enter there. I feel like traveling on. Yes, I feel like traveling. Shake your neighbor's hand and you may be seated. Side. There's a brighter day, brighter day up yonder, over on the other side, on the other. 
other side, other side, rejoicing with the saints in a heavenly land will ever abide. And happy we'll be, no more pain or sorrow, sadness will say goodbye. Each tear he will dry, he will dry. There's a brighter day awaiting for me on the other side. Walking with Jesus through the battle, standing on His amazing grace. There's a brighter day, brighter day on the other side, on the other side. Trusting the One who died to save us, soon we'll see His blessed face. There's a brighter day, brighter day on the other side. There's a brighter day, brighter day up yonder. Side on the other side, other side, rejoicing with the saints in a heavenly land will ever abide. And happy we'll be, no more pain or sorrow. Sadness will say goodbye. Each tear he will dry, he will dry. There's a brighter day awaiting for me on the other side. There's a brighter brighter day up yonder over on the other side on the other side other side rejoicing with the saints in a heavenly land will ever abide and happy will be no more pain or sorrow sadness will say goodbye each tear he will dry he there's a brighter day awaiting for me on the other side. There's a brighter day awaiting for me on the other side. And singing, I, I, you know, I thought I was already on, to be honest with you. No, I didn't realize I was that loud. loud. Uh, Matthew, the 16th chapter, first book of the New Testament, Matthew, the 16th chapter, Matthew 16. And we're going to start at verse 15. I would like for you to read along uh, with me. Let us read together out of this uh, King James Bible. Uh, Matthew 16. 16, starting at the 15th verse. Are we there? We're going to read down through verse 19. Let us read together. He saith unto them, But who say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. And what we're going to do, um, I don't have a, a topic for tonight's Bible study, but if I did, I would call it membership has its benefits. Membership has its privileges, excuse me. Membership has its privileges, like the old American Express commercial. Membership has its privileges. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you right now, Lord, for this uh, wonderful opportunity, Lord, that you've given us to uh, partake of your word, to open your word, Lord, to learn the uh, importance of uh, membership. Lord, I pray, Father, that I do no damage to your word and that uh, I rightly divide your word of truth and that I speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. And what we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to talk about membership. 
And church membership, now what I'd like to, to do at first is to, to give this disclaimer, especially for uh, our, our visitors. If you, uh, because we know we have people who are visiting who are, who are not members here, and I want to give this disclaimer so that um, there won't be such a great offense. You'll probably be offended tonight, but not maybe as greatly, okay? <laughs> so um, if you are visiting and you're going church to church, and you're praying, and you're trying to make a determination where to make your church home, and that's the reason you're visiting various churches, then what I'm about to say in the next few minutes does not apply to you. Okay, that's for our our visitors, okay? If you are one who likes to go to church, to different churches, uh, and you're noncommittal, you're just going to go to this church because you heard they were having a potluck, or you're going to go to this church because you heard they were having a Christmas program, but you, but you have no intention on joining a church or no intention on being a member, then in the next few minutes, this will apply to you. Are we okay? Okay. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about the importance of church membership, the importance of church membership. The last time that I spoke on a Wednesday night, we talked about the importance of having the right Bible. The importance of the, 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 why we use the King James Bible, why we have the right Bible. Now we're going to talk about the importance of membership because, just as in the old American Express commercial, I think Carl Malden was in it, uh, membership has its privileges. Membership has its privileges that you don't have if you're just a non-member visiting. All right? So we see here uh, when dealing with membership, we're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about, and there's more benefits to, to membership than what I'm about to describe. But we're going to talk about, for tonight at least, authority, accountability, and identity. Authority, accountability, and identity. Not just limiting our, our uh, privileges to just these three, but these are the ones that we're going to talk about uh, tonight. Now, Jesus, surprisingly, when I was doing research on uh, the church, surprisingly, I find that Jesus only mentioned the word, the actual word church, Twice in all the Gospels. It's once here in Matthew 16, and I want you to go ahead and turn two chapters ahead to Matthew 18. We're going to talk about uh, what Jesus has to say there as well. But as we look at this, and and we're not going to, uh, the the pastor already talked about uh, the part dealing with where Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. We know that the rock is Jesus. And we have other proof texts for that. We're not going to reteach that or, 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 or re-preach that. We know that according to Ephesians 2.20 2, that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Yeah. All right. And then last time I checked, a cornerstone is made out of a rock. Yeah. Okay. So Jesus is the rock. Okay. And, uh, but uh, what we do want to talk about is we want to talk first about authority. And I want you to turn to, with me to Matthew, the 18th chapter, because when Jesus talks about the church, he talks about, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And then in Matthew, the 18th chapter, he says the following, starting at verse 16. Are you there? Okay. It, um, well, I take, let me back up to verse 15. Let's start at verse, chapter 18, verse 15 of Matthew. It says, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between Thee and him alone, if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he neglect to hear them, tell it unto the who? We're going to talk about that. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be to thee as a heathen man and a publican. Publican is another word for tax collector. Okay, which they were considered the scum of the earth because they, uh, most of the time, they, uh, they, they worked for the enemy, which were the, the Romans who ruled over the Jewish people at that time. And they were also considered traitors uh, because they not only gave to the Roman government, but they also stole from their Jewish brothers and sisters. Okay, so, so they, they gave to the government and they also stole. So not much different than tax collectors today. Okay, but... In looking at this, we see that Jesus gives the church the authority when it comes to church discipline. Right. Now, it's interesting that Jesus, 
Out of all the things he could have talked about dealing with the church, he could have talked about the type of music. He could have talked about tithing. He chose to talk about church discipline. And I believe the reason that he chose to talk about church discipline is because Jesus loved the church so much, and the scripture says that he even gave himself for it, he gave his life for it. He wants the church to remain holy, pure, and sanctified. So he doesn't want any trouble, trouble in the church. So out of all the things that he could have given us instructions about, he gives us specific instructions on how to excommunicate or remove someone from the church if they're not acting right and if they don't repent and get, get right with God. Okay? Now, um, when Jesus is talking about this in Matthew, the 18th chapter, about the church, he's not talking about a universal church. He's not talking about some invisible universal church, and a lot of people get, get that confused because what they would do is they say, well, I believe in Jesus, so I'm a part of the, 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 the church of, of God. It's an invisible universal church. Yeah. No, that's not what Jesus is expecting, and that's not what he's talking about here. Okay? And, and how do we know that? Well, let's, let's just use common sense. Jesus gives instructions on how to remove someone from the church. Jesus gives us instructions. He said, hey, if this man doesn't act right, take it before the church. Now, you have to ask yourself the question, well, if that person was not a member of a church, there'd be no reason to take him before the church, would it? So this has got to be talking about church membership. Now, the word membership and member is not necessarily used in this text, but that's the connotation we can get. This is a church member. This is a member of, of, of a body that has gone astray for whatever reason. He has gone opposite of his profession of faith in Christ. And now Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you instructions on how to deal with this individual because we do not want any confusion, complexity, or chaos in this institution called the the church. But in this case, he's given instructions for a local, independent, autonomous church. Because it wouldn't make sense it wouldn't make sense to take this person before some other body that doesn't even know him or has anything to do with him. Okay? It wouldn't make sense if Liberty Baptist over in Louisville has, has got a problem with one of their deacons. Do I have the authority to go over there and tell them what to do with that deacon? Why not? I'm not a member. Membership has its privileges. All right? Just the same as, as I can't go to your house and discipline your children. Why? Because I am not a family. Right? Now, by the same token, if one of these little crumb snatchers are running up and down the hallways here at the church, I have the authority to say, slow down. Why? Because I am a of this local New Testament church. Is that okay? Okay, all right, okay, all right, okay, all right. Now, the reason that we know that the Lord expects local, independent, autonomous churches, and he's not talking about some general universal church, magical, invisible church, is because we see it through all, out, through all scripture. I want you to keep your place uh, in Matthew 18 for now. But I want you to turn to the last book of the Bible, first chapter of the last book of the Bible. First chapter of the last book of the Bible. And you're going to have to guess what it is. If you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. First chapter of the last book of the Bible. And now I'm trying to find it. I want you to look at, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you now, Revelation uh, 1. Revelation 1.11. Revelation 1.11. Are we there? Revelation 1.11, are we there? Look what it says. This is Jesus talking, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write it in a book, and send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Jesus didn't address 
some magical, invisible, universal church. In this particular text, he addresses churches, individual, autonomous, local, independent churches. That's his expectation. Because when Jesus is dealing with these churches, what does he do? He doesn't give some blanket statement as, you know, these churches weren't before some uh, uh, Southern Baptist Convention or some archdiocese or anything else brought up to some hierarchy to, to receive judgment. Jesus gave his assessment of each church. He says, Philadelphia, you're doing this good, you're doing this wrong. Thyatira, you're doing this good, you're doing this wrong. Laodicea, you ain't doing nothing right. He gave his individual assessment. He didn't even compare them to each other. Why not? Because according to the book of Ephesians, Jesus is our standard. That's the only one we need to measure up to is Jesus, not to some other church, even though uh, several of these churches had the same problems. But he addressed them individually because he expects the church to be autonomous and local. Going back to Matthew 18, the membership is important because Jesus has given the authority of, of heaven, basically, to the, the local membership. I want you to go back and look at something that, that's here in, in Matthew 18 again so I can make that make a little more sense to you. The, the latter part of what we talked about in Matthew 18 uh, Matthew 18, 18, Jesus said, Very last say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You know where else he says that? In Matthew 16. Go back and look. He's talking about the church. So if the church is truly following the will of God, whatever we declare as a body of believers, as a local New Testament church, whatever we declare it's the same as if God declared it in heaven. Okay, they kind of, got, kind of got quiet on me. Okay, but you see, when it comes to church discipline, when dealing with this individual, if this individual repents, then, and they come back into a right relationship, they rejoin with the church, what do we do as a local body? We rejoice. Amen. What happens in heaven? Rejoicing. Amen. If that individual refuses to repent, and they're put out of the church, then in heaven, God says, hey, whatever you loosed on, on earth, I'm going to loose it in heaven. He gives the church that authority. Right. Yeah. I want a great and wonderful authority. Right. Okay? Now, one thing I, want you, I don't want you to miss here is, is that non-members or visitors do not possess that authority because they are not members of the church. Okay? Think about it for a moment. Can a non-member vote on putting a member out of a church? That doesn't make sense, does it? Because it can't happen. That is, the, that is one of the privileges of being in a local New Testament church. Amen? Are you, are you with me so far? Okay. All right. Uh, even Paul said, you don't have to turn there, in 1 Corinthians 5, 12, and 13, he says, For what have I to do to judge them which are without? Do not ye judge them that that are within, but them that are without, God judges. Is that all right? Okay, all right. Um, I want to give you just a quick example, then we got to move on to accountability and uh, identity. Okay, but um, here's here's a quick example. When I was... uh, when I was 19 years old, I, went, I drove 150 miles to, to visit a friend and spend time w- with my friend, okay, for the weekend. We got up the next morning. We went to Sunday school. That's just what we used to do, okay? We went to Sunday school that morning. Okay, there was a young people's class, and in the young people's class, there was four of us. There's the Sunday school teacher. He was a young person. He was my age at the time, 19, and we were in the class, and he said, you know what? He was honest with it. He said, you know what? I didn't study this lesson. I don't know this lesson. And so I said, hold on. Let me look at that. And I looked at the material. And I said, oh, this is the same material I used back at my home church. I know this lesson. I can teach it. I'll teach the class. And so guess what? I taught that class. 
And then I rushed home. I was driving home. I was so excited so I could go tell my father what I did. And so I bust up in the house. I was still living at home at the time, you know, at 19. Don't judge me. Okay. I was still at home at 19. So I go into the house. I said, Pop, guess what? I taught Sunday school at Malcolm's church. And Pop said, boy, what you do? Um, I taught Sunday school at Malcolm's church. Boy, what's wrong with you? That's what he told me. And you say, what did he say after that? He said, look, he said, the pastor and that body did not give you the authority to teach in that church. You are not a member. Y'all heard the story before. I thought I was a rock star. I'm, you know, I'm thinking, hey, how many 19-year-olds, you know, travel out of town and, and teach Sunday school lessons at other churches? I thought I was doing something. But I didn't understand that that authority had to be passed down. When we have... Uh, we have uh, uh, two ordinances. We have the Lord's Supper, and then we have baptism. Those are to be conducted by, that can only happen with local members of this church. Right. I don't have time to go through it now, but the proof text for the Lord's Supper, you can find in 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen. By the way, if you need, uh, if you can't keep up with all the Bible verses, see me afterwards, I'll give you a hard copy, or I can email it to you. Okay, and then when it comes to baptism, Baptism is, is the same way. That authority has to be bestowed upon an individual. Even if you're a member, you just can't go to the baptistry and just start baptizing people. There has to be an authority that is bestowed upon that individual. Even, even our pastor, he would not have the authority to baptize if we hadn't voted on him being our pastor back in 2000. That authority, and you say, well, where do we get the authority from? From Jesus. Because it traces all the way back to Matthew 16. Whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever is loose in earth is loosed in heaven. That's the kind of authority that we have. All right? Okay, all right. Y'all getting kind of quiet on me. You know, I I, I was hoping not to offend the non-members. I may be offending some members tonight. (laughs) Hebrews. We're going to talk about accountability for a moment because I got to go. Hebrews 13, 17, Hebrews 13, 17. Now, the, probably the best way to get to the book of Hebrews is starting the back of your Bible. You got the book of Revelation. You got Jude. You got 3 John, 2 John, 1 John, 2 Peter, 1 Peter. You get James, and then you hit Hebrews. Revelation, Jude, 3 John, 2 John, 1 John, 2 Peter, 1 Peter, James, Hebrews. If you wind up in Philemon or Titus or the other T books, you've gone too far to your left. Hebrews 13 and 17. Hebrews 13 and 17. The benefit or the privileges of having or being of of church membership is that you have people who can hold you accountable. That's a benefit. That's not a detriment. That's a benefit. That's a privilege. Uh, Church membership uh, gives local leaders gives us local leaders who look out for our souls. Uh, Hebrews 13, 17, are you there? Okay, look what it says. It says, obey, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch, your, they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. The, as a member of this church, you have local leaders who are responsible for praying over you. You have local leaders that uh, if you're in the hospital, you need for someone to come pray with you. You have local leaders who are responsible for you and who can go pray with you. You have leaders and you have members who, may I touch you? Who, they can just put their hand on your shoulder and say, brother, I love you. Let me, let me encourage you. All right. We have, if you're a member of a church, that's what you have access to. Sometimes if you visit, you know, we've, we've had occasions where Central Park has actually gone above and beyond the call of duty because Central Park has actually gone and visited visitors, people who were non-members, and we visited them in hospitals and stuff like that. Now, that many of them will later go on to join the church. 
So we've actually exceeded the requirement, but the expectation is, is that we take care of our own. That's the expectation. Looking back at your text, it says, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves. Oh, that's tough. Woo! There's a lot of people who'd rather be a non-member because they don't want anybody to tell them what to do. What you say to, uh, in, in, uh, in the Sunday uh, afternoon uh, Sunday afternoon sermon, read your Bible? Didn't he say that, read your Bible? Who is he to tell me to read my Bible? All right? Now, unfortunately, some members are like that too. But guess what? God's going to hold you accountable because as a member, he has already commanded you. This is not a commandment for visitors. Visitors are just passing through. But if you're a member, you're expected to obey and submit. And then, look, there's, a, there's some other part in here, too. Uh, look at this latter, latter part. It said that they may do it with joy and not with grief. In other words, don't give your pastor a hard time. If he's praying for you, if he's trying to help you, don't give him a hard time. Don't, don't let him uh, have to be grievous over you when dealing with you. That's what this text is saying right here. Because, and you say, they say, well, what, what do we get out the deal? Well, look back at the text. It said that these leaders, they have to give an account. Okay? So for those of you who are desiring leadership roles and you want to be out front, be careful what you ask for because God is going to hold you accountable for the souls that he's placed in, in your care. All right? So what should we do as members as it relates to our leaders, look at the very next verse. The, the, the word of God is so good. What does it say? Pray. Now, this is uh, the, the, the author here is addressing this to various elders in various local churches. If you turn to the first chapter, you, you'll see that. We don't have to turn there now. But he's saying, uh, pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience and all things willing to live honestly. We're just, and, and Brother Marco touched upon this this past Sunday too, people who are in church leadership are just as flawed as anyone else. Yep. That's why the Bible commands that we pray for our leaders yep. so that God will give them the wisdom and the guidance that they need to make the right decisions for this church body. Amen. Okay? All right? And, and by the way, let me say this about, about the, the church too before we go on. The church is not 1005 East Jackson Road, Carrollton, Texas. You are the church. For those of you who are members, you are the church. If we decide to meet at pump number two at 7-Eleven, that's where Central Park Baptist Church is, at pump number two at 7-Eleven. Are we okay with that? Okay. Um, turn to your right to 1 Peter 5. We're in Hebrew, so you're going to go back to your right. You already passed 1 Peter, when you were trying to get to Hebrews, uh, go to 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. Oh, man, I'm going to have to hurry. 1 Peter 5, 2 through 3. Are you there? 1 Peter 5, 2 through 3? Okay, this is now, now that where it talks about obeying the leadership. Okay, we talked about that. That's what the member's responsibility is, and there's a great privilege in that. Now, Here's the instructions for the leadership. 5.2, it says, feed the flock of God which is on YouTube. Feed the flock of God which is on TV, on TBN. Feed the flock of God which is among you. This is another proof text for the local, autonomous, independent, fundamental, new covenant church. This is another proof text because you can only be a pastor for the, uh, with, with those whom you can reach out and touch. May I touch you again? That you can reach out and touch. It said among you. All right? Ain't no YouTube preacher, no pastor. And don't get me started on the televangelist. Oh, brother, just you're in the living room. Touch the screen. Touch the TV screen right now. We're going to pray. I'm going to send you this prayer cloth for $59.59 that says Psalm 59 on it. That's not biblical. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I don't have anything against YouTube preachers. I do have something against televangelists. I'm not going to lie about that. But I don't have anything against YouTube preachers or, or Christian authors. Okay, but those guys cannot pastor you, not biblically. So the privilege of being a member is that you are in a local body where the pastor can touch the, the, the members and the members can touch the pastor. That's a privilege. That's a privilege. That's a benefit. Okay. And um, okay. I got about five minutes, so I'm going to have to hit the lightning round. Let's talk about identity, then I'll, I'll wrap up. Identity. One of the privileges of being a member, and, and once again, let me say this again to all the visitors, this does not apply to you if you're praying and you're fasting and you're seeking a church home, okay? And so you go from church to church to church and you're seeking for a church home. This is for people who are just coming to just take, 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 okay? Generally, you have two kinds of people when it comes to the church. They're either going to treat the church like a restaurant or they're going to treat the church like it's their home. What's the difference? Okay. At a restaurant, what do I do? I go to a restaurant. Bring me some sweet tea. Bring me some extra napkins. Bring me some dessert. Take, 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 take. Give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. They don't prepare the food. They don't wait on anybody. They don't serve the table. And you know they're not going to clean up. We just eat our food and go. But if you eat at home, you get to contribute. You get to prepare the meal. You get to serve the tables. You get to sit down and fellowship with the others who are there. You get to fellowship even in the cleanup. You get, there's a difference between eating at the restaurant and eating at home. At home, you have identity. When I'm at my home, I'm a son. I'm a father. I am a brother. I have an identity. But when I'm at the restaurant, I'm just, oh, didn't we see that couple here last, last Friday? Across the way. See, at a restaurant, you can't get up and go into the back galley and prepare your own meal. <laughs> now, if you are affiliated with that church, if you are a member, uh, I mean, if you're affiliated with that restaurant and, and you're a member of that restaurant, you can do all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. I remember when I, and I got to do, do this quickly, when I was a busboy at, at, at IHOP, my job was just to bust the table, wipe down the seats, bust the table, wipe down the seats. That was my job, okay? But on occasion, on occasion, the waitress will be busy, and she'll say, hey, take this orange, this glass of orange juice to table number two. So I get to put on a different hat, and I get to be a, a server. And I go over to table number two, give them their orange juice or whatever. I contribute. I can help with different roles. Now, the waitress would never ask the customer at table one to go serve the customer at table two. Yeah. They don't identify with IHOP. They are not a member of the International House of Pancake family. Right? Right? It's the same thing with, with, with churches as well. Uh, the, the, for those of you who don't know, uh, the current Bread of Life class that, that we teach, um, it was taught by, I guess this was almost 15 years ago, it was taught by another gentleman. And this other gentleman said, told me, I was a member, I was a member at that time. He told me, he said, hey, I got some personal business to take care of. Can you teach the class next week, you know, teach the Sunday school class? And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. That was 15 years ago. <laughs> I'm still waiting for him to come back. But the, the, the bottom line is, is, is that because I was a member, I was able to slide into different roles and do other things. And that's a privilege. Those are privileges that you can never get if you are not a member. Is that okay? Okay, so I got one minute here. Um, I'm just going to conclude and, and say that church membership is very important. We should not take it for granted. Amen. We have opportunities uh, given to us by the Lord Jesus himself. We have been given authority. We have been given accountability. Yeah. And we have been given identity. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord to that. 
Okay, so with that being said, it's uh, 8 o'clock. We're going to dismiss with a word of prayer. Um, okay, let's uh, dismiss with a word of prayer at this time. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity to discuss the importance of church membership, Lord. Now, as I, I stated earlier, Lord, uh, this does not apply to visitors who are visiting various churches and, and praying about where they'd like to call church home, but this does apply to those who are just using the church to just take in. They come get spiritual nourishment and they leave and um, they're, they're not contributing to the church. They're not submitting to anybody's authority. And so, Father, uh, we know, Lord, that Jesus, when he established the church, he did not uh, expect that. He expected for members to be uh, uh, active and for those who visit to sooner or later uh, join into membership because uh, there's no such thing as a universal invisible uh, church. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, that uh, uh, th throughout my ramblings, Lord, that you've uh, allowed your Holy Ghost to take uh, the message, Lord, and relay it to the people's hearts in a way that it should be received. And uh, we just give you all the praise and glory for it. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Come on, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, Lord, speak into your heart. You come. I can pray with you about something. Brother Shelton can pray with you about right. something. Right. Be glad to do it. You come.